plaster statuettes and gaudy rosaries. You don't want to be seen looking at your watch at such a moment, a man apparently dying at your knees. But the big clock on the sidewalk was completely out of whack, like all the public clocks in Rome, so Malin really had no choice. It was ten past four. He was ten minutes late and had at least a five-minute walk back to Dottore Salvestri's office. An important meeting. Yesterday's discussion had gone badly, with Malin pouncing on several misrepresentations in Il Dottore's proposal. The development agency Malin worked for could make all the difference to Silvestri's program, which envisioned several water purification projects in East Africa. The distortions in the grant application were only to be expected of such a document, and in fact the board of Malin's agency had already decided to back the program. He was here to walk Dottore Silvestri through the terms of the award, not to show off his talent for smelling horseshit. He'd given Il Dottore a taste of the lash yesterday, and probably left him thinking that the whole thing was headed down the drain. Malin needed to correct that impression before it got back to his superiors in Geneva. He leaned down to the pickpocket. The heaving and gasping had stopped, but he was still making a show of breathlessness. That's better, Malin said. Can you stand up? Try to stand up. Here, he said, and gripped the pickpocket's arm and forced him upright until he saw his face for the first time. It was a round, dark face with a small, round mouth, lips as full and tender-looking as a girl's. Despite the sheen of sweat on the puffy cheeks, the vanity of the pencil-lined mustache, the sparse streaks of hair plastered across the damp forehead, Malin had an impression of dignity, and of dignity offended. As the pickpocket labored for breath, he gazed up at Malin with his dark eyes. How could you? they seemed to ask. Malin might have said, because you tried to steal from me but he was still conscious of the flush of joy he'd felt when his blow struck home, when he knew he'd hurt the man. It lingered in the faint tingling of his skin, an edgy sense of buoyancy, vitality. Where that joy came from he couldn't say, though he knew that its roots were deeper than some clumsy, failed larceny. Fat drops of rain began to patter on the awning. "'How are you?' Malin said. "'Can you walk?' The pickpocket turned away as if insulted by the hypocrisy of Malin's concern. He leaned against the store window with both hands, and his head sank lower as his shoulders rose and fell. A gray-haired woman inside the store rapped on the glass and made a shooing motion. When the pickpocket ignored her, she rapped harder and kept rapping. He really was a little man. She glared down at him like a schoolmarm scolding a guilty child. "'I have to go,' Malin said. I'm sorry. He looked up at the sky. He'd have liked to call Silvestri, tell him he was on his way, but his cell phone was back at the hotel, and there was no public telephone in sight. I'm sorry, he said again, and stepped into the rain and walked quickly up the street. One of the ubiquitous Bangladeshi umbrella hustlers was working the corner, and Malin had just shelled out seven euros when he heard a woman shouting. He didn't want to look back, but did. It was the signora from the shop pushing and batting the pickpocket away from the window while he hunched and covered his head like a boxer trying to get through the last seconds of a round. Malin slipped his billfold back into his jacket pocket and took the umbrella the Bangladeshi had opened for him. He hesitated, then turned back.
The pickpocket was out on the sidewalk now in the rain. The woman stood just under the awning with her arms crossed over her chest. Excuse me, signora, Malin said, coming up to them. This man isn't well. He needs to rest a moment. I know these people, she said. We don't want them here. The rain fell in sheets, running down the pickpocket's shiny scalp and face. Strings of water hung like a fringe from the hem of his leather jacket, dripping onto the sagging pants and dainty shoes. Here, Malin said, and offered him the umbrella. But in response, he only gave Malin a hurt look and lowered his head again, as if refusing to conspire in the pretense that there was any mercy to be found in nature or man. Malin bumped him in the shoulder with the handle of the umbrella. Go on, take it, he said. And finally, with a beaten, unwilling look, the pickpocket did. He stood between Malin and the signora, panting softly, holding the umbrella at a...